<laughs> Getting comfy. Yeah. Um, do we have a sign up sheet out there for the potluck? Or is it literally just bring whatever you want? Well, you can just bring whatever you want because, like, we don't have Santa, but it's next Sunday. So okay. Unless, you know, there's, like, extra people. But yeah. We'll just say bring whatever you want. Is it one or two things? Like dessert and side? Good morning. How's it? How's everybody doing? That's, hey, that's half the battle, right? Or maybe more than half. Uh, well, it's great to see everybody this morning. I just have a few announcements to go over today. Uh, if you remembered, and hopefully you did, next week is our August potluck event. Um, so there is going to be an outdoor service in the front parking lot here like we've done the last few times, and then we'll be following that up with our potluck. So, we need you to bring two things with you, um, two food items, I should say, uh, a dessert and a side, two sides or two desserts, however, whatever combination of sides and desserts you choose, uh, but please bring two, that way we have plenty of food for all of you hungry, hungry people for after the service. Um, we will be continuing with our small groups this week. Um, they will be ending in the middle of August, in case you didn't know. We will be cycling on to the next one. Um, but there is our Wednesday night option, 6.30 at the Eckerd's, and our Sunday option, 7 o'clock, Lonnie? 7 o'clock here at the church. Um, so if you haven't been going, don't hesitate to jump in. It's never a bad time to start heading to small groups. Uh, for the Good Shepherd this, this month, we're collecting school supplies. So if you haven't seen it yet, the back-to-school stuff is all over Walmart. So if you're in there shopping for groceries um, this week, grab a pack of crayons or some pencils or something along those lines. Uh, bring them to the church so that we can donate them to the Good Shepherd for the, uh, the students in our area who could use a little help. Um, at the same time, we need someone who is willing to uh, oversee and uh, take ownership over the Good Shepherd Partnership and the ministry that's happening there. So if that's something that God's put on your heart or you're interested in, talk to Pastor Andy, and he can give you more details on that. Uh, there's a lot of things happening in August that I'm not covering today, though, so grab a bulletin on your way out if you haven't already. Um, and then Megan's going to talk about an event that the uh, Northwest District of our denomination is doing on the 21st of August. Um, women's ministry event. So normally we would have like morning of worship and the women's retreat. This year they're doing, um, they're calling it a family reunion since we didn't see each other all last year. Um, and it is for the entire family. So it's not just women. This is for everybody. Um, it is down in Ogilvy, um, which is a little bit of a trip, but there are some of us 
we're doing worship, so everybody on this stage is going. <laughs> so um, if you would want to carpool with somebody or if, you know, you want to um, ride with somebody else, but it's going to be a great event. It's, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, they're going to have activities for the kids um, and worship together. And uh, Joanne Pangio is the speaker this year, and um, it's going to be a great time. So put that in your calendar um, for August 21st. And there is a flyer out there on the, um, in the foyer, so if you want more details, because I think we have to have a head count by a certain time for food. So, yeah. You can totally carpool with me. You'll just be stuck between two screaming children the whole way to West Virginia. So if you're not, that doesn't get you excited. I don't know what else will. Uh, I also did forget to mention that our um, annual men's breakfast, our community men's breakfast, uh, that's generally in January that we had to reschedule this year due to the pandemic, is happening August 28th. It'll be at 8 a.m. here at the church. Our uh, church's close friend, Frank Menhart, will be ministering to us uh, both in the morning and then there will be an evening family-oriented service uh, that, yeah, that evening. Um, I think we're showing a, a family movie afterwards. So it's going to be just a really good time to come together, fellowship, be inspired. Uh, hopefully this will be a good opportunity to start revival in Greenville. Uh, so we're really excited. This is something that we love and we've been doing for well over a decade as a church, uh, getting together with, with Brother Frank. So... Uh, again, August 28th, we'll put uh, more specific times and information out for that, but do mark your calendar. It is an excellent event every single year. Uh, welcome, John. Uh, thanks for coming out and being with us today. Didn't want to uh, forget you either, so we're excited to have you this morning. Uh, but before I turn things over to the worship team and then ultimately to Brother John, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so, so much for this day, Lord. Uh, the opportunity that we had to roll out of bed this morning uh, and to use the breath that you've given us to, to glorify your name. And Lord, we ask that as we, as we head into service that you would just start to, to work in our minds, work in our souls, work in our spirits, to, uh, for us to be open to what it is that you've given Brother John uh, this morning for us, Father. We're, we're just so thankful for his uh, ministry and his gifts that he's about to share and impart to us, Lord. So just do a work in us, do whatever business it is that you need to do so that we are uh, at full attention, Lord, that we're fully open and that we just take in everything that you have today like a sponge. Uh, we pray over the worship team, Lord, that they would lead us into your presence, Father, uh, that your Holy Spirit would descend upon us and that we would feel you in a real, real way this morning. And we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you've done. In your name, amen. Oh, yes, birthday Sunday. Man, I got all excited about worship. If you had a birthday in July, please, please come up here and take a candy bar. Just one? Somebody's lying. No? <laughs> birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Rob. All right, now I'm going to turn things over to the worship team. All right, if you'd like to stand, let's worship the Lord this morning together. 
Step out of the shadows, step out of the grave. Break into the wild and don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted, graces waiting. Lady 
My children, my children, hear me this day. You are in my heart. I love you, my children. I want you to know that I am here with you, my children. You are my children, and this is important for you to receive today. Come together in unity. My children, you must come together in unity. Jesus, we thank you. We stand in awe of you, Lord God. If you would, if you're if you're not standing, would you stand with me? We we stand in awe of you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us. We ask, Lord God, that you continue to to help us and encourage us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are you are ministering to us, Lord God. We want to stand in awe of your greatness, of your love, of your mercy, of your peace, of your goodness, of your faithfulness, of your gentleness, Lord God. We, we stand in awe of your greatness, Lord God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you continue to show us your majesty. You continue to show us your goodness and your grace and your war wonderful power today and in our lives, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have a seat.
God is so good. Oh, who's expecting something great? Amen? When we expect God to move, he is faithful to what? Move. Amen. So speaking of that, I wanted to share a little, uh, two things with you real quick before I introduce uh, my, my friend this morning. So yesterday, uh, Friday and yesterday were the family camp out, and I wanted to uh, share, thank you anybody who was here, anybody who helped with, with food or, or prayer. Uh, it, was a, it was an amazing time with our kids uh, and, our, and our parents and, and just families growing together on, on Friday night. Uh, we, so it, the theme was recharge, and so we encouraged the kids to, that you're supposed to be recharged, right? Things, things get, get slow, things get tired, and we get tired and slow, and so we encouraged the kids to recharge. So I, I, I shared with them about how the Holy Spirit is like electricity, and how when we come together and, and when we're one in unity... That's when the Holy Spirit is palpable like electricity, and we start moving, and we start growing, and we get recharged and excited about what God's doing. And that's what I was encouraging the kids. And then on Saturday, uh, the teens were talking about the fruits of the Spirit and how, that, how the fruit uh, recharges you, and, and how the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is in us, even when we're down, He lifts us up and how we interact with people. And then the, the kids, I was not with them, I was with the teens, but uh, the kids also talked about how we get recharged and in our attitude and our emotions, how we interact with other people. So it was an amazing time, it was a great time, so thank you for your prayers, thank you for the way you helped and served, and um, God's moving in our kids, amen. amen. And the next thing is, you probably noticed the cones in the parking lot. So the cones in the parking lot, if you didn't see it on Facebook or uh, Instagram. We're not just taking driving tests, you know, we're trying to help Kevin with his, with his test, right? But we're not just practicing. Uh, we are looking into and working on uh, getting estimates and planning for paving the parking lot. So, yeah, long time coming, right? It's a great thing. So we're going to be, uh, over the next, uh, this week, next few weeks, we're going to be, if you would like to give a special offering uh, to help with that, because obviously we know construction and stuff like that is expensive. So we're going to continue talking about that, and we're looking into a couple companies and getting the best, you know, best value, best deal, you know, whatever God is leading us to. So it's happening, and that's why the cones are there. So, so get ready that as we keep moving forward, God is going to do amazing things as we're faithful in using what we have to glorify him. Amen. Amen. All right, so more of that later, but let me introduce uh, my, my friend, uh, John Marola. I've, I've known John for a handful of years now, and uh, so he is a, is a man who I've known to do amazing things. So uh, he has, has led a min ministry school and he has evangelized and traveled around. He's, he's been a good, uh, great Christian man. I actually went to school with his son, uh, so his son and I graduated together. Uh, so that's how we kind of knew each other a while back. Uh, but so God's moving through him, and uh, if we are willing and have expectation of God to speak, we will learn something, we will grow, and, and I, I believe God has given him a word for us as, as we've been, uh, you know, 
talking about what it means to, to move forward and just, just allowing the presence of God to really be our leader and our guide and, 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 and not, not allowing our preconceived ideas of what God wants to do and interfere with what God really wants to do because sometimes we know and sometimes we just, he's speaking, let's get on board and let's be in, empowered by him. So, John, would you come? Thank you. All right. All right. Now I'm empowered with the microphone. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Andy. So it's a joy to be here. We've been hearing some good things back home um, about what's happening here in Greenville. And so now I have a chance to see it in person. And so, uh, yeah, we've known uh, uh, your pastors, uh, Andy and uh, Robin, for a while. We uh, often share the same row at church with uh, Robin's parents. We usually sit in the same place. You know how that goes. And so we, we, we always sit in the, in the same same row. So we, we often see them. Uh, we've known uh, Rob and Joe Marie. Well, I guess he's with the kids for uh, a long time. And so they're just great, great people. And so we actually go way back to Newcastle Christian Assembly, way back in the 80s. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, uh, God's been really good to us. And so it's just a joy to have an opportunity to be here again. So yeah, I've been blessed and privileged just over the years to have a chance just to visit other churches, been all over the country, and to have a chance just to come and share uh, God's Word. And so I don't, I don't really enjoy anything more than just opening up the Bible and just talking about God's Word. So I love it, and so it's just a, a joy to have a chance just to uh, share a few things with you. So actually, this whole kind of came about uh, last year at our home church uh, used to be called New Brighton Christian, uh, uh, Christian Assembly. Now it's called Life Family Church. And so we had a, a guest in last year. We had a, a conference, and so your pastors were there. This was, like, I think, last September. And so we were talking about uh, my book that had just come out, I think, in August of last year. And I have some copies outside in the, the lobby if you're interested. I like to write. I love books. I love to to read. So I've been, you know, writing some books too. And so I called this book The Empowered Life because like you had mentioned, uh, Pastor, um, we had a, a school at our church and we called it Empower. And so it was just about training for ministry, training to be empowered, to serve God, to, to you know, find God's purpose for your life. And so for the, you know, previous three, four years, my mind space was just really focused on what it means to live an empowered life. And so last year, during the whole lockdown, I had like a lot of extra time, just like all of us. And so I just began to sat, uh, I just sat down and just began to just write about these things that were just kind of in my heart about what it means to live an empowered life. And so that book is the product of that. And so we were just talking, and so he mentioned, hey, uh, uh, you know, I got, I, I think you said you had, had a copy of the book, and so he was saying maybe sometime I could come up here and share with all of you uh, about the book and about these concepts of what we call the empowered life. And so here we are. Okay, so I, I, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed that my wife wasn't able to come, so i uh, been married uh, well, in October, will be 34 years, and so we get married very, very young, and so, <laughs> not really, but anyway, um, but uh, so she, she, she works at the church, and she works with the children's ministry, and so she just wasn't able to get away, and so she uh, sends her uh, regards, but she just couldn't get away, because we've been busy this summer, we've been gone, 
many, many weekends uh, going to other churches, uh, visiting family, and she said, I just can't miss an uh, another Sunday. So she's at uh, church right now having a good time with the kids probably, I don't know, on the floor rolling around playing games, hooping and hollering and whatever. So, but anyway, so um, I want to ask you guys to open up to First uh, Timothy chapter 1, please. First Timothy chapter 1. And let's just pray and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we thank you that you're here with us. We thank you for your promise that as we gather in your name, that you are with us. And Lord, we sense your presence and we thank you for that. And as we open your holy word, Lord God, we thank you again for the gift, for the treasure, for the great honor we have to have your word and to have you speak to us. So we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Give us understanding. Give us illumination. Uh, take us down this path of your word and just deposit in each of us what you want. We just open our hearts and we thank you, Lord God, that you will be faithful to bless each heart, each life, as you see fit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm at the dentist uh, recently, and so I walk in there, and they had a, a little thing on the counter and a little uh, sign that said that they had just recently won Dentist of the Year. I was like, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm going to the Dentist of the Year. So I asked him, I said, hey, so that's good. So you guys won something. Did you win a prize, a trophy, a, a whatever and they said no we just got a a little plaque so <laughs> i know i do it for my own enjoyment not for anyone else's but <laughs> but in first timothy chapter one and verse 12 i want to just talk to you just for a little bit of, about uh, what we call the empowered life and so this word empower you hear a lot and so um, you can define empower as giving someone power or authority to do something okay so when we empower someone we delegate them with authority we give them power we give them skills we give them ability that they maybe didn't already have in order to serve a certain purpose right and so that happens in a lot of different ways you know uh, raising kids uh, at at work to train employees uh, and you know you know lots of uh, endeavors you can see this whole idea of you know being empowered and so that's really a good definition of what God wants to do with us as we endeavor to follow him and to serve him because he's the source of all power right and so he empowers us with his spirit with his authority with his ability in order to serve his purposes and so here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, I really like this verse. In, uh, I'm, I'm reading from the NLT version, and it says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, or you, could, or you could say, who has empowered me. He has endued me with strength and with power. Why? To do his work. And it says that he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Now, I know that's like so basic. I know that's so elementary when it comes to the things of God, but really we should never, I, I feel, never get over that. We should always be just so awestruck that the God of the universe is giving me this bag of bones 
some of his power, some of his ability, some of his strength, some of something that he is in order to serve his purpose. And that he, the God of the universe, considers me trustworthy that he would give me something of value to serve his purpose and to do something meaningful and significant with my life. I mean, that's just, this, I think that's just such a, just a moving thought. You know, um, you know, recently it was the you know, uh, 4th of July, and so every year they had this thing in uh, New York. It's, it's actually kind of caught on. It's on ESPN. I don't know how it ever got on ESPN, but they had this hot dog eating contest every year. <laughs> I think it's really weird, you know. And, and so this guy, his name's Jimmy, whatever, I forget his name now, um, and he wins like year after year, and he, he, he eats like 60 hot dogs or something in like a minute or, or something. It's like ridiculous. And so I'm thinking, that's all nice and good, but is that your contribution to humanity? That that's what you're known for? That your legacy is, I can eat more hot dogs than anybody else? I mean, okay, maybe that's gotten you famous. Maybe you've made a little bit of money. Maybe you've got like a little bit of name you know, recognition. But really, at the end of your life, is that what you want to be known for, that you were the hot dog eating champion? I mean, there's something more significant that we need to live our life for, right? And so here we have something that to do his work, to do his work. And so that does not mean that all of us need to become what we might call vocational ministers, where that's how you make your living, where you're in what we call full-time ministry. And so all of us, doesn't matter what you do, that doesn't matter what your career or your occupation or however you, you know, do uh, whatever you do, you're in ministry. You are there to serve God's purposes and to do his work somehow, some way, somewhere, right? And so that to me, I think is something that, that we should never get over, that we should never uh, just get used to. That's something that should always, I think, inspire us, always just move us and always just help us to just feel so grateful and so thankful that we get to do this. You know, I don't, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to serve God and to do his work. And all of us get the opportunity in some way and in some fashion. And so that's what we mean by the empowered life. Now, I, this, this same verse, I have this in the Passion Translation. This 1 Timothy 1.12, this is in the Passion. It says, my heart spills over with thanks to God for the way that he continually empowers me. And you were talking about recharge. I'm thinking, well, this, this, this kind of ties in because like we, we all understand because we have a, a phone probably and you have to recharge it probably every day. You know, I don't understand my kids. They're like, well, my phone's on 5%. I'm like, what are you doing? Charge that thing. What are you waiting? It gets down to so low. But anyway, and so, so it says here, the way that he continually empowers me. And so that's what we want. We want to stay in a place. We want to build a lifestyle. We want to build habits that will keep us in a place where we are continually being empowered, continually being recharged, just like we were talking about, because life can drain you, right? Life can drain you. And again, 
you know, if we're empowered to do something, then the expectation is what? That we take that strength, that we take that power, that we take that ability that God gives us, and we spend it, and we use it, and we give it away. So you can't just keep giving, 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 giving without also being on the receiving end. Same thing, and you can't just always be, you know, always taking, 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 and not be on the giving end either. So there has to be this constant exchange, just like we inhale and we exhale. We eat, we, we go to work, we spend energy, then we get hungry all over again. And so there's this constant exchange in and out, in and out. And so we need to be continually empowered. And he says, and to the Lord Jesus, the anointed one who found me trustworthy and who authorized me to be his partner in this ministry. Have you ever considered that God wants you to be his partner? He wants you to be his partner. You're like, me? I'm just like, you know, little old me. I'm just like, I'm just Mr. Ordinary. I'm just Mrs. Like, you know, Ordinary. I'm, I'm not anything special. God wants you to be his partner. That's how significant your life is. You're not just a nobody going nowhere to do nothing. You are a somebody going somewhere to do something for God. God wants you, he sees you as his partner in this ministry, whatever kind of work it is here at this church. Do you realize that you are called to this church just as much as Pastor Andy is? Do you know that? We think, oh, the pastor, he's called to this church. You are called to this church just as much as he is. You are a partner in this ministry just as much as he is. It's, it's all working together. It comes from God. He empowers us, and we get involved, and we um, plug in, and then good things happen. So when we're talking about being empowered, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, those things don't just happen by themselves, right? So just like your, your phone isn't going to charge just all by itself, you need to make contact with a charger. You need to find some way to charge that thing. You and I are not going to live the empowered life just because God likes us, just because you're a nice person, just because you are a Christian. You need to find some intentional ways to be plugged in on a consistent basis so that you will experience what we're reading here to be continually empowered. And so in that book that I wrote, and again, I'm not just trying to sell books, I'm just trying to tell you what is you know, the whole you know, uh, concept here. I wrote 10, bless you, 10, 10 steps, 10 things that as we follow Jesus, that as we walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we can be empowered. Because that's really, I think, where it just sums it up. We are empowered as we learn to follow after Jesus. Go, go, to, go to 2 Timothy. Go to the next book, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because really, everything that we do in this life we learn through example. We learn through someone else. And even, you know, we, we, all, we all know what it's like, you know, whether you personally have done this or you've you know, witnessed it, you know, the most basic example is raising kids. And so, you know, me and my wife, we're now blessed. We've actually entered into 
the stage of grandparenthood. So our son and his wife just had a baby back in April, and now we're on the phone every day getting videos and pictures, and so now we have a granddaughter, and so we're really excited about that. So anyway, so, so you know, when you raise kids, you see these steps. Everything that we need to learn, we have to learn through someone else. We learn to walk. We learn to talk. We learn to feed us. We learn to dress us. We learn how to function. We learn how to do all those things. And so I think there's like a lot of similarity to that with us learning how to live the empowered life, to learn how to walk with God. And so, you know, Paul says things in the Bible, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. So you see, you and I, we're not going to be perfected. We're not going to reach full maturity in what God calls us to uh, be and do if we don't consistently stay in in a place where we have uh, examples and models and other people to help us. Just like iron sharpens iron, we need to do this together. You know, this life that we call being a Christian was never meant to be left, uh, I mean, uh, lived by ourselves. We have the best chance of success when we live it in community and we help each other out. And so we see this pattern over and over in the Bible that when, you know, uh, you know Paul and Peter and John and the, you know, the, the early church, whenever they made disciples, it was a relational thing. It was not just an educational thing. We're here. Here's a a book. Read this, and you're all set. Now, books are good, and we need them, but it's more than just reading. It's more than just a curriculum. It's more than just learning some ideas, but it's really learning from each other and and to follow the example of Christ that, 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 that we see being lived out in someone else's life. So here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at uh, verse 10. And so here's Paul writing to Timothy, that, and we, we know that you know, Paul was his mentor, Paul was his spiritual father. And so he's saying here, but you, Timothy, you certainly know what I teach and how I live what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. What's he saying? You've been around me. You've spent time with me. We've lived day after day, week after week. You've been around me. You know what I teach. You know what's in my heart. You know what I love. You know what I hate. You know what I want. You know what I pursue. You know what I'm all about. You know what I've been through. He said, you've been there. And so he says, because of that, he says, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I don't hear a lot of amens on that scripture, but, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. And then listen to what he says. You know they are true for or because you know you can trust those who taught you. That's an amazing thought to me. 
He's saying you can know that the things that you are being taught are true and are trustworthy. You could stake your life on it. Why? Because you can trust the ones who taught you. How's that happen? That only happens by living in close proximity with someone day after day after day. And see, in this life, sooner or later, all of us are going to have to make a choice. Who are you going to trust? Whose voice are you going to listen to? Whose voice are you going to say, that's the voice that I'm going to follow? Because this, this is a noisy world. There's a lot of voices trying to pull at you and say, come this way, do this, live life this way. Here's the truth. Here's the way to go. And so all of us, we need to, to know and to trust the ones that are teaching us. And Paul's saying, that's why you can know this is true. Why? Because you know the people who are teaching you these things. It's not just the concept. It's not just the ideas. But it's being lived out in the person. You can see the authenticity of what's being taught being lived out in the person. And you don't do that unless you live close with someone and you follow someone. That's why in God's model, God didn't just send us a book from heaven. It just came down from heaven and floats down here. Here's the book. Follow this, this book. Yes, he gave us his word, but the word became what? Flesh. He gave us a person that we could see and hear and follow. And, and now he's already... He's our example. And so when we're talking about the empowered life, we need to have someone, someone that we can see, someone that we're able to follow, someone that we're able to relate to and to live the life that they are living. Just like he said, Timothy, you know my life. You know my purpose. You know my teachings. You know my heart. And, and so now you're ready to follow in my footsteps. And so he says here, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have been given, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. God uses what? God uses the Scriptures to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Hallelujah. So, there's no way, there's no way that any of us will ever reach our potential as a child of God apart from a healthy, consistent dose of the Scriptures. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do the work that he's called us to. Now, we read in first, first Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who has empowered me, who has equipped me, who has given me strength to do his work. And so what's the number one way that he does that? You're holding it in your lap the Word of God. You need to value that beyond anything else. We need to have the Word of God coming into our life 
all the time. That's, that's the number one way that he equips and empowers us to serve him. And then secondly, we have what? The Holy Spirit, right? So we have the Word and the Spirit. They work together. And so through that, we see that we're able to live what we would call the empowered life. Now, you know, what are the hallmarks of an empowered life? How do you know that you're living an empowered life? Well, I would, I would say three things. First of all, is that you have a clear vision of what God wants you to do. So I would, I would call that perspective, okay? So, you know, when you have a good vision, a good idea, when you have a clear sense of what you think God wants you to do with your life, it empowers you. Because if you don't, then you're confused and you're not sure what to do and you just kind of wander and you just kind of wonder and you just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And, 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 and so having a clear vision empowers you, okay? So just like, you know, you're in the car driving and, and some, some, some truck goes by and, and splashes your windshield full of mud, you're like, whoa, hit the brakes because, you know, but then you get the, the wipers off, and now I can see where I'm going. Now you're empowered to get where you need to go. So it starts with perspective. We need to have a good sense of vision. God's Word will give you that. God's Spirit will give you a vision of what He wants you to do with your life. That empowers us. Secondly, I would say that we also need to uh, have purpose. Is that Someone who's living an empowered life is someone who feels like they are doing something that is meaningful, that is significant, okay? So someone who's living an empowered life means that I feel like I'm living my life in exchange for something that matters, okay? So if you're just going to work every day and you're just going to exchange your minutes for money, okay, that's fine because we all need money, but it's a whole lot better if I can exchange my minutes for meaning. If, if I can go to work and say, hey, I'm going to spend my time here doing something that matters to me, something that I feel will outlast me, something that's, that's bigger than me, something that is important, something that I care about, something that is significant and important and worthy of my time. That's, that's, that's living an empowered life. And so I would say perspective, I would say purpose, and then the third thing I would say, we also need to have a sense of readiness, preparation, preparation, okay? Because I feel that most people probably have a good idea. Okay, I feel like this is what God's calling me to do. I had this sense, I had this idea, you know, I've had this dream, this ambition for a while. So it may, it may, it may not be perfectly clear, but they have sort of some idea. So they have some kind of perspective. And then, you know, we all have something that, 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 that matters to us. We have a cause that we want to get into. It could be, you know, working with children. It could be missions. It could be education, it could be government, it could be healthcare, whatever. We have something in our heart that matters to us. We want to serve that purpose. We, we want to serve that cause. We, we want to you know, spend our life doing something that matters to us. I, I think that we're all pretty good on those first two, but I think here's the third one is where I think most people that I've encountered anyway seem to fall a little short. We don't feel ready. We don't feel equipped. 
Yeah, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, I had this dream. Yeah, I want to go there, do this, be that. But I don't know how to start. But I don't know, I, I don't know what to do first. I, I, don't, I don't feel ready. I still need this. I still need that. And, 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 so, and so I'm... I'm not trying to say that we need to be arrogant and act like we have all the answers. However, if we spend our whole life just waiting for something to happen before I'm ready, then our life may, may end up like wrapping up before we ever get started. Okay, so we need to plug in somehow and to feel equipped and feel ready and feel prepared and so when you feel prepared you are ready you are empowered to step out and do it and so that's what the word of god does for us that's what the spirit of god does for us he helps us see he helps us feel the purpose the meaning behind something that matters with my life and then thirdly he will energize us. He will move us. He will nudge us. He will give you this, say, you're ready. Go for it. Do it. But I'm not ready. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. And say, and so you may not always feel 100% ready, but when you take that first step, it's easier to take the second step. And you take the second step, it's easier to take the third step. And when you step out and you say, okay, Lord, not really sure but i'm willing to step out he will meet you where you are and you will and so what i'm saying is you can't always wait until you feel ready to start at times you need to start when you don't even feel like maybe you're ready that's why they call it faith <laughs> okay because if you had to wait until you felt you were ready that that means that you are leaning entirely on your own ability and that's a bad place to be because you may have a lot of ability but it's limited and it'll only take you so far but when you lean on his ability then you're like okay i don't have to always feel perfectly ready why because i know that he's ready so if i'm willing he's ready if i'm willing he's able so my part is to just be willing and he's ready and he's able and when we partner together we're ready willing and able and then we get things done amen so we want to live an empowered life that's the life that we want to live let's go to luke 4 luke 4 and so we see we're talking about god uses his word to equip and to prepare and to empower his people to do what he wants them to do. And we also know that he uses his spirit. We need to have, we, we, we need to be filled and, and to be energized with his spirit. I'm sorry, did I say Luke 4? Okay, I'm in Mark 4. I don't know how that happened. Okay, <laughs> Luke 4. Okay, look at verse 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. So this is, this is after he got baptized by John in the Jordan River. It says that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we see there in verse 1, what's the model? What's the example that we're to follow? Jesus lived a Spirit-filled life. 
Well, yeah, that's Jesus. I mean, sure, come on. But this is me, okay? No, Jesus wants you to live the same way he lived. He wants you to walk in the same steps that he walked. He wants you to follow his example. No, you're not Jesus, and you're not going to be. There's only one Jesus. But he, he came and he lived the way he lived to give us an example to follow. And Jesus did what he did as a man who was filled with the Spirit. We have to understand that, and again, we don't have time to get into all of it, but Jesus didn't come and do what he did as God. He was God, but he purposely, intentionally laid down his godly ability and leaned on the anointing of the Holy Spirit because, because if he did what he did as God, then why would he need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit? He came and he lived how he lived to set an example for us to follow. And so he came because that word Christ means the anointed one. This is not just his last name. Jesus, the anointed one. So he was empowered. He was anointed. He was equipped with the Holy Spirit. Why? So that he would show us that that's the way that we need to live. And not only that we should, but that we could. But that we could. We can live with the same spirit on us that was on Jesus. We don't have to lower the bar and say, well, Jesus is, you know, he can do all Jesus, but I can just do like a little bit. And, and so, no, we're, we're not trying to say that we're Jesus, but it's the same spirit. It's the same anointing. Maybe not in the same measure, maybe not in the same quantity, but you should see the same things flowing out of us that, that float out of him. Why? Because it's the same spirit. And, and so when we follow his example, live a spirit-filled and what? A spirit-led life. He was filled with the spirit and he was led with the spirit. And so we know what happened here. He goes into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days and he's tempted by the devil and he overcomes because he says each time it is written, it is written, it is written and he stopped the devil. And then look what he says, look, look what happens here in verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. He was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. And he was empowered with the Spirit. And so that tells me that, that, that these are the same steps that I need to walk in. These are the same uh, ways that I need to plug in and to live my life in that same manner so that I can live a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered life. Well, who do you think you are? You think you're going to be Jesus? No, I think that I'm, I'm going to be someone just like Paul wrote to Timothy. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who has strengthened me, who has empowered me, who has equipped me because he counted me trustworthy and, and he's called me to be a partner in his ministry. When you're a partner, you get to share. You walk side by side. It's not just my partner does it all and I just kind of watch. No, we're partners. We're in this thing. When you get married, it's not just, you know, well, you know, you do all the work. I'm just going to sit here and just watch the game. No, it's we, we, we work together. We're partners. And when you're a partner in this ministry, he's going to equip you with all that he has because he wants you to be part of it just as much as he's part of it. Amen. Now, I know this might be a little bit, might like stretch our thinking a little bit. But man, 
That makes life feel a whole lot better. Now it's not just, oh, it's Monday, I gotta go to work. Oh, it's Tuesday, I gotta be a Christian today. No, 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 you don't have to, you get to. It's a joy. Every day when your eyes pop open, you say, this is the day the Lord has made. I get to get up and go to work. Why? Because I'm serving God's purposes. I'm doing God's will. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm a partner in his ministry. Maybe you're not preaching. Maybe you're not doing something that you might think is churchy, but you're still serving the Lord in whatever way he's called you to serve him. We need to live the empowered life. Amen. So let's go down uh, to uh, Matthew, let's go over to Matthew, rather, chapter 21. Matthew 21, because I, I want to wind this up, I don't, I don't want to keep you guys too, too long here, but, but you know, I'll just, I'll just say the first step that I wrote in my book, and there's 10, 10 steps, and again, not saying that there's only 10, because there's probably a whole lot more than just 10, but 10 just seemed to feel right for the book, 10 steps that, of things that we need to learn how to do, just like we learn as a child being raised. And the first one is to learn how to feed yourself. Learn how to feed yourself. So if you've ever raised kids, you know that that's a milestone, okay? It's fun when you're little kids and you do the little airplane thing, and you give them the little cereal. And so, but at some point, you want that kid to start feeding himself, right? You're like, okay, put the spoon in your hand, feed yourself. You're 16, okay? I'm not feeding you to the airplane anymore, okay? Feed yourself. So it's a mark of maturity. It's a milestone when we get to a point where we're, we're able to own this idea that I need to feed myself. So as a spiritual person, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, Certainly, we need to come to church, we need to, you know, you know read books and, and hear from other people, but still understand that's second and third hand, and that's not wrong, it's proper, but it needs to be in its place, because there's no substitute for a first-hand knowledge of God, okay? You can certainly benefit from someone else's knowledge of God, but it's always going to be second-hand, and it's never as good as firsthand, okay? So the secondhand knowledge of God is a supplement that helps you with what you're doing on your own. So I would say that the number one way, the, the, the foundational way for us to step into what we're calling the empowered life is to become a self-feeder, is to become a self-feeder, which means what? That you take responsibility for the feeding and the care of your soul. Yeah, but isn't that what the, the pastor's supposed to do? Yeah, but that's secondary. The pastor, he and she, they help you, but, but they can help you the best when you're helping yourself. Okay, so there's, 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 there's people that, that say, well, I'm, you know, that, that church just doesn't feed me. Well, maybe you should be feeding yourself, and <laughs> maybe it would go better, you know. So, so, so we, we need to take ownership of our own feeding. You need to get into the Word, find some way. 
Maybe you'd like to read, get an audio version, do something, whatever. There are so many tools out there. But, but, but find some way to get the Word consistently into your life day after day after day. We need to study the Word. We need to, to, to store God's Word in our hearts. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Or I have stored up your word in my heart. So it's just like, like we put money in the, in the bank. You know, you, you get paid and you, I you know, hope that you're putting some money in the bank because one day you're going to need it. And, 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 so, and so just you store stuff. You put gas in your tank. You put food in your pantry. And you store stuff away because someday you're going to need it. And so store up God's word in your heart. Hide God's word in your heart. But let's, let's go to Matthew 21 and then we'll... Uh, wrap this up here. Matthew 21, and look at verse 1. So here's Jesus getting ready to come into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday, okay? And so this, I think, is, is very interesting, and he comes and says to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of his men ahead, and he says, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. Okay, so I love this scripture. <laughs> and so, why? Because Here's Jesus saying to his men, go into that little city over there, that little village, and you'll find a donkey and its colt and take them. And so if they say, hey, you know, what's up with that? Say, the Lord needs them and they'll let you, you go. But see, the thing is that, that they had to untie that, uh, that, that, that donkey first. And so I'm not comparing us to donkeys, Okay. But I'm just using this as a parallel, okay? So, so see past the whole donkey part of it, okay? So, 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 so Jesus is using a very practical thing. He's using in that day and time, riding on a donkey was a very practical, common, ordinary means of getting from one place to the other. So he's using this donkey, and he says, the Lord needs it, or the, the Lord has need of them, okay? And so... I see there a parallel that God is saying the same thing to us. The Lord has need of you. Okay? You're not a donkey. I'm, I'm not saying that you're a donkey. Okay? But I'm saying, just like that donkey, the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you. But maybe, just like that donkey, maybe you feel like you're tied up. And you're, not, and you're like not really sure how to get loose or how to get into the game. You feel like you've been kind of tied up, and you're just kind of not sure what to do next. And you want to go, and you want to get involved, and you want to ride with Jesus, and you want to get into the ministry, and you, you, and you just want to serve, and you want to do something important with your life, and you want to do something that matters <clears throat> rather than just sitting there and chewing on hay all day. You want, and so this donkey serves something very important. He he was, he was the, the means by which Jesus entered the city on, on Palm Sunday to fulfill prophecy that was written about Jesus hundreds of years earlier. 
So this ordinary, lowly donkey actually became a part of biblical prophecy and helped Jesus fulfill part of his ministry. So this donkey, you could say, became a partner in the ministry with Jesus because he helped Jesus do something that Jesus was called to do, a donkey. Okay, now, <laughs> again, he said, untie that donkey, set it free so that it's able to come and to do what I want it to do. He says, the Lord has need of it. And so I'm here just to tell you as we wrap up here, the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of your gifts and your abilities and your purpose and your calling. That's why he gave them to you. The Lord has need of you. Why? Because the harvest is great and the laborers are few. There's always more demand for help <laughs> that, that, that will never meet the need. We live in a, in a world that is overflowing with need. The, the, the immensity of human need can be mind-boggling sometimes. There's so many needs, so many hurts, so many broken hearts, so many broken lives, so many lost people, so many people far from God, so many people who desperately need to know the good news of the gospel. But God has a plan, and you're it, <laughs> and I'm it. We're it. God has a plan, and so I'm here to say maybe this is the day that we untie that rope, that we untie that rope, and you have potential you have ability, you have something, the Lord has need of you. And so as we untie that rope by faith, you're able to now become part of the ministry of Jesus. And maybe it might not seem like much to, to you. People just saw some donkey, they thought it's just it's Jesus just riding a donkey. But it actually became something that Jesus needed to do. So maybe in your heart, there's something that you feel God's called you to do. You have a ministry. You have a call. You have a purpose. You have a plan. God wants to use your life to do something significant. He, he's empowering us to be a partner in his ministry. So I want to ask you just please to just bow your heads and just uh, keep your eyes closed. Not, not for anything, just, just so you can focus for a couple minutes, just, just, just to keep your attention on this for just the next couple minutes. And so just a couple things. If you're here this morning and uh, maybe you don't know what it is to be right with God. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you're far from God. Maybe you don't feel like you are you know, uh, right with God. Maybe you were right with God, but maybe you wandered. Maybe you kind of went your own way and you want to come back to God. Now would be the best time to do that. Now is the best time to do that. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I need to take it right with God. I need to get my heart right with God. Would you just please uh, raise your hand so I see that and so I know that we need to pray for that particular need. Is there anyone here that says, I need to get right with God or I need to get back with being right with God? Anybody at all? Okay, and so one, 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 one other thing, and then I'll sit down. So maybe you're here this morning, 
and you have something that's in your, your heart. You have a dream. You have an ambition. You have something that's just been in, in, uh, not nagging at you, but you just feel like there's something that, that, that God's drawing you to. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There's a work. There's something that, that you feel that you, you were made for more than just going to work and just coming home and walking the dog and cutting the grass. All those things need done, but you were made for more. You were made to be part of God's ministry. You were made to, be, to, to serve something significant in the kingdom of God. And so if you're here this morning and uh, you feel like, I need to step up. I need to, I need to uh, know more what this means to live an empowered life. I need to know more what this means to live a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered life like we saw Jesus live in Luke 4. And, and, and you want that. And you feel like God's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, I need you. And I want to untie you, and I want to bring you into this ministry of serving my purpose. <clears throat> if, if that's you, and you want that, and your heart longs for that, would you just please raise your hand, just so I know that that's what's in your heart. Hallelujah. All right, so I want to ask all of us, why don't we just, just pray together? Would you just maybe just pray after me? I'll... I'll uh, pray, and then you can just pray after me. And let's just pray it, not just for something to do, but let's pray it with meaning. Let's pray it with conviction. Let's pray it with purpose. Let's pray it because we really mean what we're saying. And let's trust that this is going to be a life-changing moment for you and for the work that God wants to do through you. So just say after me, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me, you always have, and you always will. I thank you, Lord, that you have given me the opportunity to serve you. Help me to see that the way I need to see that. Help me to value that the way that I need to value that. And so right here, and right now, I open my heart, and I ask you, Lord, set me free from anything that's holding me back, and teach me how to walk in those steps of living a spirit-filled, a spirit-led, and a spirit-empowered life. I want to live my life as your partner serving your purposes, doing your work. And I thank you, Lord, that I belong to you. And with your help, I will serve you the very best I can for the rest of my days. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We all give John a hand. That was great. Thank you, John. Um, who's excited to partner with God? Amen. 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 God is God is moving. God is working. And and yeah.
I'm not going to recap what he said because it was great. It was powerful. God is so good. I, uh, um, I want to make sure you know if, if you would like to give uh, to John and the ministry, you can give an offering. If you, make, if you write a check, make it out to us and we'll give him an offering. Or if you'd like to check out his book um, that's here, you can do that. Uh, you said it was like $10. Um, or if you can't do that, let us know and church will make it happen if you, if you want to grow more in being empowered. Uh, because that's what, what we all want, right? We want to see the Holy Spirit move. We want to be filled up and empowered and moving by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. Because on our own, we're pretty, pretty weak, right? But with his help, with his empowerment, we can be led, we can be filled, we can be leading others, we can be encouraging others, we can be people who do amazing things in this community because God wants Greenville. Amen? Greenville is not a lost cause. Greenville is not, well, you know, back in the day it was a good place, but today, you know, uh, everybody's leaving, everybody's... No, God wants Greenville. God wants Greenville to be a place of revival, a place of power, a place of his goodness, a place of his mercy, a place where, where the darkness flees. And it starts, like he said, with you. You and I are his plan for Greenville, for this church, and for the whole world. Amen. So if you'd like to give to him, I encourage you, go ahead and do that. I'm going to pray, and then we will be dismissed, and he can, he'll be out there, and you can get to know him more. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. We ask that you continue to uplift, Lord God. As, as we learned, we know that you are, you are the God of power. You said when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will have power to be your witnesses throughout the whole world, Lord God. We want to see your move. We want to see your, your great things moving through us, Lord God. It's not us that do amazing things. It's not us that have strength. It's not us, Lord God. But it's you moving through us. Help us to be your willing vessels. Pour it out. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we, we get to be a part of what you're doing in this church, in this community, in this country, and in this world, Lord God. We seek you in all that we do. Father, we ask that you, that you uh, bless John and, and his wife Lori as they're, as they're ministering, as they're encouraging, as they're a gift to the body of Christ. We ask, Lord Jesus, that, um, that you just be with them, Lord God. Help them to, to be with others as they, as they continue to follow after what you've called them to be and to do, Lord God. And for the offering, I ask that you bless the offering and, and everything that we have, all the, the endeavors, all the visions that you have given this church for this community. We thank you, Lord God, that we are your stewards, and as we are faithful, you are faithful to provide for us, to bless us as we're faithful to give back to you. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and God bless you.